0: Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org.
1: Good morning. It's 830 on Friday, May 3rd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, new data shows it would take hundreds of millions of dollars to feed the hungry across Mississippi. Then, hear the story of a Mississippi woman whose sudden heart attack set her on a path of recovery and health. Plus, learn more about an invasive plant affecting boaters and fishermen on a popular Mississippi waterway. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. New data from Feeding America shows more than half a million Mississippians experience food insecurity. That's when a person lacks regular, dependable access to nutritious food. The Map the Food Gap report shows Mississippi would need another $280 million to provide food security for everyone who lives here. Marilyn Blackledge of the Mississippi Food Network says the problem is particularly stark among Mississippi's children.
0: What it tells us in Mississippi is that, you know, we have about one in four people who are facing food insecurity. Sometimes they just don't know where their next meal is coming from. It also tells us that we have a a large percentage of people who are out there working and they are trying to feed their families, but they make just a little too much to get SNAP benefits but yet they can't feed their family the whole month. And that's when they come to member agencies of Mississippi Food Network and they get enough to make it through the rest of the month.
1: Why are children more prone to hunger than adults?
0: Children are are, are more vulnerable. They don't have access to go and get that food from them. So, you know, they're relying on meals at school, Well. On the weekends and in the summer, they don't have that. Their parents are trying to to feed them. They're working. They're trying to make ends meet. They're not able to go out and and really look it for themselves. You
1: know, and, we do hear about the summer food, summer food program. Yeah, you're right. But I suppose it doesn't reach everybody.
0: It doesn't reach everybody. And like in the Jackson area, the Jackson Public Schools has it. Um, but maybe a child lives a mile and a half from the school and his mom's at work and he can't get there to go eat lunch, even though it's provided. Um, In rural areas, there's nobody actually doing it. So we actually um, partner with a lot of groups in rural areas to have a summer feeding site, either at a church or um, an after-school program or a summer camp. We even partner with some of the housing units to provide these children with meals. We actually have 26 sites that we're partnering this summer um, to help fill that gap in some of the rural areas.
1: What are some of the effects on children who aren't getting enough to eat? I mean, they're growing. They're, they're trying to develop.
0: The first thing is their little minds can't develop. They can't learn when they're sitting there and they're hungry. Um, and, and they, truthfully, are not developing correctly if they aren't getting the nutritional needs that they need. It's also a social impact on children who um, don't have enough to eat or, you know, maybe they go to school with, you know, half a sandwich and nothing else. It, it's a social thing with them also. Um, and, you know, we nobody wants to be hungry and we don't want to think about anybody being hungry. But you sure don't want to think about a child who's relying on us as adults to help them, who can't help themselves.
1: Which is my next question. How do we help get kids fed?
0: We donate to groups like Mississippi Food Network, who's providing additional food to parents in the summer, because they do see additional need, and um, because they're having to feed their children, and their money's already stretched thin. One way we can really help is to be aware of the problem. Many people just, they don't think about it. They haven't experienced it. And I would tell you, I was one of those people before I came to work here. I had just never experienced it. And we just need as a community to be aware that hunger and food insecurity exist. And, and not to always think it's just people not helping themselves. It is people that are working. It might be a senior citizen sitting next to you at church on a fixed income, awareness is a huge thing to be to help people.
1: The Mississippi Food Network explained: Do they does the network get food to pantries around the state, or or sort of direct how that food is distributed? We're a nonprofit,
0: and um, of course we we get food, and we then we have a, what we call member agencies. We have 430 of them. Most of them are food pantries. We do have some soup kitchens, some shelters. And they come and get food from us, and they go back in their own communities and distribute it. It's very humbling to go ask for help. So if you're in your own community, it's not quite as intimidating to go and ask for help in your own community. So that's we're kind of the the middle person of them because we have the big warehouse, we get it in by the truckload, and then we distribute it in smaller amounts to our agencies, who then give it to their clients.
1: Marilyn, is there someplace our listeners can go to see the Map the Meal Gap report?
0: Feeding America has a great interactive. It's all over the United States. Um, But, you know, you can go to Mississippi and you can look at at the information by county. And um, the website is feedingamerica.org. And you can see the full report. You can see the interactive map. It's just amazing when you go to it, and it's a great thing.
1: Marilyn Blackledge is with the Mississippi Food Network. Marilyn, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention.
0: Good. Thank you, Karen, for having us.
1: Coming up, hear the story of a Mississippi woman whose sudden heart attack set her on a path of recovery and health. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Last time on the Gestalt Gardener. You know, I walk here in the mornings, and uh, did I already say it kicked my butt this morning? It's
1: not quite two and a half miles each way. Sort of get pumped for the program, you know. I see dead pine trees here and there, random trees. Most of the time they've been struck by lightning, and they get a lot of pine beetles in them. So anyway, if you've got a pine tree that turns completely brown, the ends of the branches are dead, uh, chances are if it wasn't struck by lightning, didn't have root damage, it's pine bark beetles.
2: And for more garden advice, tune in to the Gestalt Gardener today, 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio.
3: Is a healthy economy enough to secure President Trump a second term?
4: 3.2% in the first quarter, crushing expectations.
3: With the president's overall approval rating stuck in the low to mid-40s, the old adage, it's the economy, stupid, gets put to the test. That's next time on The Takeaway's Politics with Amy Walter from WNYC and PRI.
1: Today at 2 on MVB Think Radio. Up to 90% of women have risk factors associated with heart disease. It's according to the American Heart Association. It's an issue the organization is trying to raise awareness about in Mississippi. Heart disease is the leading killer of women, claiming a third of women's deaths each year. Tanya Ware is a Jackson pastor and a heart attack survivor. She talks with MPB's Jasmine Ellis about heart disease and her recovery.
3: I'm like so many people that grew up in the South, loving all the good cooking and all the butter that we put in everything and exercising when it was convenient and working, you know, full-time job and because I'm a singer, singing in the evenings and weekends and just not really taking care of my health. And a few days before my cardiac arrest, I, I actually started to feel uh pain in my chest but i kept telling my husband it was just stress i needed to just uh you know rest a little bit and i think it'll be fine he actually asked if he could take me to the emergency room and i told him no because it would take me seven hours and that was that was just in my head some kind of way if you take me over there i'm gonna be there for seven hours and i ended up being disabled for seven years um so i just i was just i got up one morning to go get dressed for work um i work in the city of jackson at the time i was living in madison Got into my master bathroom, collapsed with cardiac arrest. And I was treated here locally in Jackson by Dr. Douglas Wolf and with a, a team of doctors at the Mayo Clinic. And I went through a lot of rehab, heart rehab therapy, and uh, tests and exercise and learning how to eat right and diet and getting proper rest to get back to the place where I am today. And I, I would say my biggest message to people is you know, don't think it can't happen to you. You can be healthy, vibrant, working, living, and never be sick. I had never been sick, ever. And uh, woke up one day, and my, total, my life changed in a blink of an eye. And I'm very, very grateful to be here and to be alive because most people, when they have sudden cardiac arrest or have a heart attack, they don't live. And that's why heart disease kills more women than all cancers combined. I didn't know that. And I was in the family that didn't talk about health. So when somebody got sick, you know, it was secret. And I didn't know that my dad had had a series of strokes. Um, no one talks, talks, talked about health in in our family, but they really opened up our family to dialogue and saying, you know, we love each other. We want to be on this earth. Family's important. And we got to look out for each other. And even if it's what we've been used to, we need to eat differently. We need to work differently. We need to set boundaries for our bodies to be able to live and manifest all the greatness that's in us. When you say ingrained into your culture, what do you mean by that? The just big, the big thing is the way we eat. It was way, Uh, um, as an African-American culture. Um, I would look at my plate, and I would have fried chicken, corn, and mashed potatoes, all carbs, all full of fat. And uh, and I didn't think anything about it because that's just that's how we ate. Um, but I realized that I needed vegetables that... that that need to be a part of my diet grains you know I needed to be uh, I needed to drink a lot more water I needed to add into that exercise I needed to have my heart checked on a regular basis just like I would get a breast exam I needed to have a heart exam uh, because there are a lot of underlying health issues with the heart that can go undetected.
1: Can you talk to me about why it's important to know your family history? Because oh, you mentioned this earlier with your parents, and you said your father had a series of strokes. Can you talk yeah. to me about the importance of knowing your family history?
3: Yeah, it's really important to know your family medical history because it just can, it gives you it's, um, you know, when we were in school, they had, like, cleft notes or um, I forget what they call it. my daughter's uh, she is quizlet or something. But it's kind of like a knowing your family medical history is kind of like a way for you to know what you should be uh, careful about, what you should pay attention to, and things that your body is predisposed to, uh, predisposition to something. You know, like you can meet families and um, all of them are very joyful. Or you can meet families and, uh, you know... There's mental illness in the family. It's the same for heart disease and any other illness. Um, I talk to clients all the time, and they're like, "My mother died at this age with a heart attack, and my sister with, uh, you know, blocked valves, and this person." So I think when you sit down and you talk and you share and you say, "This is what I'm dealing with," it does two very powerful things. It gives you information that you need to be healthy, and it helps you. It keeps you from feeling like you're alone. I just want to encourage women, especially um, in our state and around the world, to love themselves enough to do those things that will help them have life, right? Like, I can't imagine my daughter growing up without me. Like, we're so close. And, And I almost took that gift away from her because I didn't want to stop and just go be checked. Had I actually taken my husband's advice those chain of events would have never happened. Now I'm grateful for what I learned through the journey. I wrote a book about it. I've been to the UN to speak about it. Um, So all these wonderful things have opened for me. But I'm just saying, go go for yourself. Go for your family. Be that person that says, I want to live, and I'm going to be active and proactive with my health. And I, I love to get that message out to people. And talk Thank. about it at church, talk about it in school, you know, where, people, where other people are. Sometimes people need to hear this information in places where they live. You know, maybe they're, 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 their thought is, if I go to the doctor, he's going to tell me something's wrong with me. And maybe our churches, maybe our schools, maybe our family community centers need to say more. It's okay. It's okay to go be checked. We're going to be here for you, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, and really provide a support to each other.
1: Coming up, learn more about an invasive plant affecting boaters and fishermen on a popular Mississippi waterway. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Mother's Day will be here before you know it. And what does mom really want? To know you're thinking of her, of course, and that she raised you right. Accomplish both today with the smartest Mother's Day gift around. Gorgeous FTD roses, chocolates, and a gift to Mississippi Public Broadcasting in her honor. Delivered anywhere in the U.S. in time for Mother's Day for just $125. Visit mpbonline.org or call 1-888-372-GIVE. Offer ends May 5th.
1: Whether you're a thrifty shopper or someone who likes to buy the whole store, Change is the program that will allow your purchases to show your support for the quality content on MPB Radio. This easy and no-hassle program rounds up your credit or debit card purchases to the nearest dollar and sends us the difference. You support MPB and get something nice for yourself. To sign up for Change, visit our website, mpbonline.org, and click Support. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Boating reopens May 14th on the Pilahatchee Bay area of the Barnett Reservoir in central Mississippi. That area has been closed since mid-October due to an infestation of giant salvinia. It's an invasive plant species that has caused real headaches across the Deep South. We spoke with Bobby Cleveland, a spokesman with the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District.
4: Giant salvinia is a fern, but it's non-native to this continent. Uh, It's actually from Brazil, and it's very invasive in that once it gets established, it it takes over. Uh, It has the proven capability of doubling its biomass every two days. At the end of a couple of months, you can
1: understand that we'd be looking at you know, hundreds of acres of, of total coverage. If it came from South America, how did we get it in Mississippi?
4: It was first discovered in the United States of South Carolina in about 1970s or 80s, I think. Not only is it feared that it can travel by boat from one boat leaving one lake and carrying it on its trailer to another, but apparently there was some desire for it by people that had aquariums or rock gardens or water gardens in their yard as an ornamental plant it is fairly pretty when you see it but even but the ones that did order it which is illegal now realize right away that you know hell it's taken over so we throw it away it can live um out of the water for like still stay viable for a couple of weeks even if it's on the bunk board of a trailer with a boat sitting on top it sound, of it
1: it sounds it like some kind of, viable. it sounds like a monster this thing it, it is it can
4: be and, and people need to understand that if you know the lakes in, in in texas and louisiana that have developed it uh and didn't know right offhand what they were dealing with There have been whole lakes that have been totally taken over by this plant beyond to the point where they can't control it. Once it takes over, it it knocks out all the native plants and native animals and native fish. It's free-floating. It has no root. It forms these two- to three-foot mats when it's actually taken over, and it blocks sunlight from the water. Second, it blocks the natural transference of gases between water and air. Which is vital to a lake. It's how we get, you know, keep oxygen in the water.
1: Tell us now what the status is. It was found in Ross Barnett Reservoir. Has it been found in other bodies of water in the state?
4: Yes, it has. Now we discovered it here, and uh, this is the third time, actually, that we've had giant salvidia found in Barnett Reservoir. The first was around 2012. Now this year we found it, last summer we found it in a small patch. We have an understanding with Department of Wildlife. They actually do all of the spraying for our aquatic vegetation on Barnett Reservoir. And they were out doing their normal, you know, uh, spraying and, and, and monitoring and they spotted it. And then they started spraying, you know, spraying it and trying to manage it. Then not realizing that it had, already spot, it had already branched out or spread from that point, and then within a month or two later, it had covered, or had spread out to maybe about a mile long or a three-quarter mile long stretch of the north shore of Peelahatchee Bay.
1: Has it been eradicated confined, from there?
4: Well, it's it's been confined to the north shore of Peelahatchee Bay, and it's in an area where there's no boat ramp, so we feel like this is an instance where it came in on a boat from out of state or from a lake that has giant salvinia. We are not finding much live plant
1: now. You want uh, boaters to make sure they clean their trailers and underneath their boats. That sounds like quite a chore. How do they accomplish that?
4: Well, we're going to follow the models that other states have used. Uh, fortunately, um. Uh, We're not the first state to face this predicament. Uh, Northern states have to do inspections for zebra mussels around the Great Lakes, and they have mandatory checkpoints and so forth. But we have law already on state books that regards the introduction of invasive plants and animals into our public waters. If you deliberately or caused to be put uh, an invasive plant or animal species in one of our public waters are subject to a $2,000 minimum fine, maximum fine of 5000 and a loss of all hunting, fishing, and trapping privileges for a calendar a year from date of conviction. Uh, that's in an that's already on the books. We have a law on our books that says that gives us the power to close parts of the lake and then mandate certain practices. One of the things we're hoping that we do by opening it a little bit at first and, and and inspecting boats is that the public can see what we're doing and take on some of the responsibility themselves. Here's the deal: not only is it legally required that you do that, you protect our water our waterways. Those of us that fish it or boat on it, you know, it's a privilege we have, but. We're also stewards of that resource, and, and it's the right thing to do. The days of being able to go fish and finish the day or go out and go boating and finish the day, just put the boat back on a trailer and go home, and that be it, those days are pretty much gone. You asked me a while ago if there were other lakes in the state that have it. Yes, Pat lower the River system, uh, not in the estuary but north of the estuary, Lake Okissa down in Homochitto National Forest at Bude, which is a beautiful body of water. It has it pretty extensive now. The 10-time waterway um, at uh, all of the pools on the Mississippi part of uh, and plus the Alabama part, it exists extensively in lakes on the Tennessee-Louisiana border, including some of the most popular Fishing destinations in the world.
1: Bobby Cleveland with the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you,
4: Ken. I appreciate the opportunity to spread the word.
1: You can find more information on the limited opening of Pilahatchee Bay at the website of the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District. The address is therez.ms.gov. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Next Stop, Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. You can also download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. Or you can subscribe to Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
0: Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation's Get to College program. Based in South Haven, Jackson and Ocean Springs, Get to College Advisors help students and families plan and pay for college. Learn more at WoodwardHines.org.
3: An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Take the greats, Ella, Coltrane, Dinah, Miles, and Monk. Mix in the contemporary giants like Shure, Written Hour, Crawl, Malone, and Benson. Join me, Meredith Michelle. With WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio.
2: Mother's Day will be here before you know it. And what does mom really want? To know you're thinking of her, of course, and that she raised you right. Accomplish both today with the smartest Mother's Day gift around. Gorgeous FTD roses, chocolates, and a gift to Mississippi Public Broadcasting in her honor. Delivered anywhere in the U.S. in time for Mother's Day for just $125. Visit mpbonline.org or call 1-888-372-GIVE. Offer ends